Hello, and welcome to the Art of Management podcast, where we will help you, the practice owner, reach the full potential of your practice. I'm Janice Wheeler, the president of AMI. Thank you so much for checking our podcast, and I hope you find this episode super useful. Hi there. Today I thought I would talk about 17 ultimate ways to grow your practice. The reason that I'm going to talk about this is for a while after COVID, we thought we were going to have a recession, which we didn't, apparently, not for real. But what we did have is and do have is inflation, where the cost of everything is going up. And this includes staff wage hikes that are going on right now, the cost of equipment, supplies, expenses, sometimes rents when they're if they're due for renewal. Uh, you know, mortgage interest rates, lines of credit interest in rates increases. I mean, it's crazy the amount of inflation we're going through. And, you know, you have another factor as well, and that's that, that some of your patients or your clients are getting tighter with what they're spending because their shrinking dollar is uh, happening in their life too. All around the bush here, we need to talk about how to increase the income of your practice and get it busier, more efficient, so that you're not working harder, but smarter. So I thought I would go over some ideas in order to be proactive and make the necessary changes to the efficiency, productivity, marketing, and management of your practice that will help with all of this. I thought I would go over 17 ultimate ways to grow your practice. So number one, is hiring staff with exciting potential who are overachievers and polishing them with training and apprenticeships to help them develop new skills and become a more effective team. This will allow the practice to flourish just from that fact. When you have staff who just show up, you know, they report in, they do their job, but nothing extra or anything extraordinary or looking for better ways to do things or anything like that, you're going to stay the same as you are. So this is one place that we need to look at. Maybe you've already got overachievers and you're not polishing them up. Maybe you've got overachievers and you don't know what to do with them and you need to figure it out and get with them and say, okay, you love producing, so what else do you think you could help the practice with? Or do you have any ideas on how we could expand? Or You know, ask staff. You won't believe what they have in their heads when they're really good staff. Okay. The second one is use your KPIs or your key statistics, key performance indicators is what KPI stands for in case you didn't know. But use your weekly ones to analyze why your stats went down or up and take the identified necessary changes that need to be made and get them made. All right, because sometimes um, a staff member wasn't into it this week for whatever's happening at home in their personal life and that happened all week and took a stat down in an area. I know I've heard of in various doctor's offices, um, let's take a dental one, a hygienist, you know she's having um, marital problems and she's fighting and she's taking time off to go see a therapist and so on and down goes her production stats in your practice. Maybe they could see the therapist on a Saturday or after hours. Like if you let things ride and you don't pay attention to them and investigate them, you won't know why that stat is actually down and take the right actions to handle it. So that's just a little example. Number three on the list is improve everyone's sales or presentation skills from the front 
reception to the technical staff in the back and the doctor as well. We have a two-day sales workshop that we do with our clients and their staff and they go out of this with the ability to get patients to do ideal care, whatever profession you are. Patients don't always go ahead with the ideal thing. And if you're a veterinarian, I'm gonna say, clients don't always go ahead with the necessary thing for the patient, which is their animal. So just, you know, getting some sales training is a very smart idea because without working any harder, you're getting more people to do ideal care, what they should be doing. And this is ultimately what you're there for, right? Number four is schedule ideal days for optimum delivery in terms of speed and quality. Now, a lot of um, healthcare professionals like to do new patients all in a row in a morning or an afternoon, and you can do that. And, um, and then you, um, some people like to do high-end procedures or difficult procedures in the morning to get it over with while you're fresh. Others are not fresh in the morning and they just want to get through the meat and potatoes kind of treatment and then the afternoon is their best time when they're really on the mark and so they want to do the difficult things in the afternoon. But getting your staff to know where they can book patients into according to those time zones of your day are important because the scheduling will go better and it won't be like, well, one minute you're doing a new patient for an hour or half an hour or whatever and then the next thing you're doing a very difficult long procedure and you're being interrupted 15 times. You know, like. You've got to set up your day properly and you will get more done that way. Number five, cancel cancellations. <laughs> get them out of your life because there are ideal and popular, popular cancellation policies that we have written and we teach our clients and their staff this because cancellations are not necessary. Really, if the person's phoning in, unless they're dying or you know some horrible thing has happened, you know, um, there is no reason for them to cancel their appointment because you're important. You're their healthcare provider and your practice is important and some people don't respect that and so the staff have to be bright on this like oh I can't come in today because my car is in the shop. Oh wow, wow I see you live on the Danforth in Toronto. Why don't you take a bus over or the subway over? You know, they never thought of that just their car's in the shop so they can't go anywhere you know. Um, if you're out in the countryside, I've got clients all over Canada in country areas where there are no buses or subways. And I know from living in the country and being partially brought up on a farm that that is handleable. You just phone your neighboring farm, your friends, and say, hey, can you give me a ride to such and such? Almost everybody will help each other out on this. So just, I don't want to spend all day talking about this, but I just wanted to give you an idea on that. Number six, eliminate no-shows with better systems and policy. So educating patients on why they wouldn't dream of missing an appointment is part of it in a very nice way. Again, this is part of our sales training, but just get that concept, you know, just making sure that patients understand how important it is that they show up. It's reserved specially for them. Nobody else has been given that spot and you need to have at least 48 business hours notice if they can't keep the appointment or you have to charge them a cancellation fee, which you'd really rather not. Is there any way that you can come for that appointment since it's within 48 hours? that you're letting me know okay just give you a little shot there okay number seven get everyone's systems and protocols job descriptions etc written and followed 
because if they stick to those then you're not always going did you get this done did you get that done and interrupting them in their day and you've got it on your mind because they didn't like give a little report to you maybe at the staff meeting in the morning or the muster in the morning by the way I got this done this done and this done yesterday today I'm working on this this and this having a morning staff meeting is awesome I don't even think that's on my list but there you go um, and number uh, let's see oh it is on my list number eight Hold effective staff meetings for alignment of the team. So everybody knows what everybody's working on. If they get their job done quickly, they can always go and offer to help on that project or that tabulation that's being done or you're doing a little survey on the patients, whatever. Okay? Um, but you should have a morning muster also, like a time when you muster everybody together. I think that's an Army term. I grew up in the Air Force, so. Um, <laughs> anyway, having... Um, you know, at a time that you, morning meeting, just the morning meeting and making sure that everybody is there and it's a wonderful way to get everybody on the same page and knowing what everybody else is doing. Number nine, create a wonderful mission statement with the help and buy-in of the team because when they help you create it, they're buying into it, they're agreeing to it. And this will keep them more focused on achieving the goals of the practice. Number 10, ensure that there is adequate coverage at the front desk for the receptionist to take the time to build a relationship with a new shopper on the phone and turn them into a new patient. If they are having a patient in front of them that they're dealing with, they sometimes rush this and they say, you know, the patient phones up and says, hi, are you taking patients? Yes. Um, what's the problem? Oh, I have a toothache. Okay, good. Let me book you an appointment. And, and they didn't really build any relationship with that person. And nowadays, there's a lot of people who don't show up for their new patient appointment, their, their first one. And it's because there wasn't a relationship built and they called the next practice on the list and that practice treated them differently and they stay with that one and they don't even phone and cancel the one they made with your staff. This is very important. So they should have somebody else in the practice who can grab the phone if they're on the line. There should be somebody deputized to be the second person. If you don't have two receptionists, maybe the assistant has to grab it. Otherwise, you lose new patient potentials, and that is a lot of lost income. Number 11, isolate the factors and times in the practice where you and the team start to feel too rushed or overwhelmed, and then work out the handling for those times, how you can take certain duties and functions and do them at times when the practice isn't as overloaded or as busy and free them up to handle the rush so it isn't as stressful. Number 12, look at the patient's scheduling over the last week and see how many minutes and hours were lost with the incorrect scheduling which leaves 10 or 15 minute gaps or openings throughout the day in between appointments because they didn't book one appointment right up against the next one with maybe a short bathroom break or something of five minutes at worst, but only one in the morning and one in the afternoon. I'm being mean, aren't I? <laughs> anyway, so, but the, you look and see, you will see how much time is lost because one patient ended at, has an appointment till 1240, the next one is booked at one o'clock. So there's 20 minutes for no reason whatsoever other than they didn't handle the patient to come at 1240 or 1245 and you just lost 15 minutes. And when that happens three or four times a day, you just lost an hour of production time, which is four or five hours a week, which in a month, and multiply what your hourly usual income or billings are, and you will see how much money you lose in a month from this incorrect scheduling. Um, okay, so the next one is number 13. 
Consider whether you are due or overdue for an associate to come and take on a portion of the practice and thereby increase the total billings without reducing yours. This is very important. <laughs> you really have to up the marketing in order to not have them eating your patients, like seeing your patients, which then reduces your potential income that you were doing and gives it to the associate and you have to give them 40% of what they're billing. So there you go. Um, number 14, look at your recall or reminder or recare system and see where patients are being lost and put in a reactivation program and improve the staff sales skills at getting people back in. Uh, number 15, check to see if your staff are maintaining a short list of patients or clients who could, you know, they'd like to come in sooner. They couldn't get an appointment until two weeks from now, but said, you know, let me know if anything else comes up sooner or you know maybe it's a rush procedure and you simply can't do it for two weeks but if somebody cancels you can get them in so the most staff know to do this but some are careless about it or they kind of don't like doing it so um, yeah make sure that's in number 16 if you made the hours of your practice longer and got an associate in without taking over your own treatment rooms are there enough patients to not eat into your own existing patient base so the clue in that one was you can expand the hours of the practice so the associate can have you know the run of the place for a certain number of hours where he's not he or she is not bumping into you and your patients so number 17 work out an effective bonus system for your staff members to validate and encourage them for their contribution to a successfully growing practice. We make a lot of different bonus systems. It's based on knowing how to manage by stats properly, which we train our clients on. And then the bonus system goes on that and it's fair and there's ways of making stats go up each week after week after week. So once they have control of that, then the bonus system makes more sense and the staff really get behind those. And it's a very good way of keeping really good staff in this job hopping uh, times that we're in uh, post COVID. So these are just a few of the most obvious aspects of a practice that we dig into and correct when we consult a practice, which by the way, we consult our clients for at least a year or more. And we handle all those plus many, 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 many more things. So um, you may have additional ideas that you thought of while I was saying these and you know what to do. Um, get them in. Otherwise, call an experienced coach. That's us. So bottom line, increasing the practice by 25% or more is going to take some management training and consulting and rolling up your sleeves to get these things done and to do things in new ways. It doesn't happen without some time or effort put into it. But that is all worthwhile because of how free and happy you will feel at the end of the process when the place is running smoothly and profitably and you have a solid reserve account. Won't that be the most wonderful day in your life? There you go. If you need more help, give me a call. Thanks. Bye. Well, we hope you enjoyed that episode. If you feel your practice should be doing better, please reach out to us for our free practice analysis by going to our website at amican.com. That's A-M-I-C-A-N.com or call us at 416-466-6217. We have worked with more than 1,800 clients over the last 31 years and helped them take full control of their practices without sacrificing their precious family time. 
Also on our website, you can subscribe to our newsletter for helpful tips on how to manage your practice.